Welcome to the Steve Stein Guitar Podcast, brought to you by GuitarZoom.com. If you want to improve your guitar playing, keep listening. If you want to improve even faster, go to GuitarZoom.com, where you'll find all of Steve's premium courses, masterclasses, and memberships that'll help you quickly and easily improve your playing. Now, here's your host, Steve Stein. Hey, Steve Stein, Dan Denley here. How are you, sir? I am good. How are you, Dan? I'm great, man. Hey, thank you for uh, doing this uh, live session with us. Thank you to all of you who are watching this live. Uh, really appreciate you spending your time with us. Hopefully, you get a lot out of this. It's called the Blues Lick Connection Trick, and I am totally stoked to see what that means. And if you want to learn the Blues Lick Connection Trick, keep watching. And if you want to learn it even faster, you can check out Steve's brand spanking new course called Blues Licks, available at GuitarZoom.com. If somebody could put GuitarZoom.com in the comments or somewhere for us, that would be super cool. You can check that out there. Lots of people have already enrolled in it, Steve. So thank you for making that course. And thank you for spending some time with us today to teach us the Blues Lick Connection Trick. What does that mean? All right. So basically, again, this isn't a real difficult concept, but what I want you to think about, like when I was younger and I was learning how to play my positions on my guitar, right? So I was learning how to play the first position up and down of A minor pentatonic, for instance. And then I would learn the second position. I always refer to it as playing with blinders on. Like a lot of times when we play, if we move into that second position, we're not really able to see the first position or the third position or whatever around us. You know, so when we play, like a lot of people say, well, my solos tend to sound like scales. And the reason is, is because when they get into these various positions, unless you're really comfortable with them, you play them like scales. You, you know, you practice going up and down with a metronome or whatever it might be. And so you train yourself to play them in that way. And so what I want to talk to you about is when you have a lick, for instance, and you want to move somewhere, I don't really think about playing, you know, a certain lick like lick, 48 and then moving to lick number 68 or something like that. I don't think about that in my head. It's just when I get into a position, I have a bunch of different ideas of things that I could do. And oftentimes I don't empty the bucket of all those ideas. I just start kind of improvising and it all sorts of sort sort of comes out. And what today is about the, the blues lick connection trick is understanding that when you get done with a phrase, now we can call it a lick or whatever you want to call it, but when you get done with an idea, you're landing or, or ending on a certain finger. And what you have to understand is what that's really doing is setting you up for the next movement that you're going to make. Now, if you think about it, if I was to play a lick, like let's say I play something like this. I have now ended on the fourth string on the seventh fret. Okay, so the first thing, the most logical thing I can do is literally stop playing pick my hand up and go somewhere else, whether it's in that same position or another position. Which, which is great because it offers the availability of silence for a while. Like I always tell people, a phrase is not... Like, if you think about it from a vocal perspective, you haven't stopped singing. You've just held on to a note, and then you started another note. So really, ending a phrase needs to happen by breathing. So what you do is when you play something, now you're done. Now you're done. And you could decide how long or short you want those phrases and all those sorts of things. So if you think about that lick, when I end on that third finger, 
my first option for connection is to completely stop playing and go somewhere else. And what makes that super cool is that I can make a lot of dynamic changes. Played something really low and all of a sudden here I come with something really high. And then something really low. And again, it might seem obvious, but I want you to think about that. Very cool. Yeah, so now the second thing is, is let's say we're going to go to the next option for connecting. Let's say I do that same lick, some sort of lick, and I end on the seventh fret again with my third finger. Now, if I think about it, if I actually want to shift while playing, I have to decide what I want to do with this third finger. Now, either I can work my way back toward the floor with something else, or I can continue working my way toward the ceiling. Remember, my first lick kind of worked its way toward the ceiling. Now, I could continue on, right? Or I could move back toward the floor. But the point is I'm staying in that position. Okay. Okay? So first idea was I'm going to completely stop playing and shift somewhere else on the fretboard. The second idea is I'm not shifting anywhere. I'm staying exactly where I am, but I'm not moving into any other positions. I can choose to go back where I came from or keep moving the direction that I was moving originally. Okay. okay? So you have to understand, like a lot of times when people have licks, like they, they don't realize it, but consciously they're learning licks that all move them toward the floor or all move them toward the ceiling. This is why when people start practicing scales, they can play, for instance, really well this direction, but they never practice going this direction. So subconsciously, a lot of the things that they learn are always pushing them toward the floor because that's what they're comfortable with. Got it. Okay, so what I want you to be aware of is if you've come from this direction, be aware that you can go back the direction you just came with something else or continue on. So that's kind of the second idea of connection. Now the most important one for me is the third one here, which is the way I move across the fretboard. When I play a lick and I end, I make a conscious decision to move And as I move across the guitar, the finger that I land on dictates what's going to be coming next. Hmm. If I'm on my third finger, I'm going to probably be working this direction. And I need to have something available. If I don't have any licks sitting here in the second position in this fingering, there's nothing for me to play. Or what okay. I could have done, now all of a sudden I'm on my first finger, maybe I've got a lick. That makes more sense to me, starting with my first finger. Does okay. that make sense? So you're starting, you're, you're getting, you're basically preparing for your next lick by starting on the right finger. That's correct. So if you think about it, 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 again, it depends on the player, but if I'm always ending on this side of my fingers, right? Whatever's on this side of the guitar. So pinky, third finger, something like that. It's going to allow me to slide in, but then I'm going to have to work in this direction. Now, again, I know I can go toward the floor, toward the ceiling. We already talked about that. But as I slide in, I've got to have something available that starts with my first finger or my third finger being here. If I was to slide in with my first finger, now I'm also in the second position. But there's a lot of other options that I might have in my brain 
by starting with my first finger mm. versus having subjected myself to, to starting on my third finger. Okay. This is starting, starting to make sense to me now. Yeah. And, and again, it's not a complicating concept, but it's something that people don't think about because, again, we think of all these licks as being disconnected, like we learn all these licks. What we have to understand is in order to be able to connect these licks together, we've got to be able to fill between those licks with motion, with movement. Whether right. it's physically picking up and setting down, whether it's moving toward the floor, toward the ceiling, or whether it's moving horizontally. And as we do these things, we need to be aware that we're setting ourselves up for the potential next lick or next movement that we're going to play. So, for instance, if I'm here, now I'm in the second position. Okay. Now, you're going to notice if I come off this, I'm playing my first and third fingers on the eighth and tenth frets, which is very common. All feels good. But I got to go somewhere. Okay. If you're enjoying this episode and you'd like to support the podcast, go to guitarzoom.com and consider becoming a premium member. There are three memberships to choose from. VIP, which gives you instant access to a library of short but powerful courses as well as new bite-sized lessons each month. There's also Play Songs that gives you step-by-step -step lessons so you can learn to play your favorite songs fast. And finally, there's Masterclass, university-level training on everything from soloing to music theory, from blues to home recording. For more info about these memberships and all the premium courses available to you, go to guitarzoom.com. Now back to the podcast. If I come off this lick and I move into my middle finger here on the ninth fret, which would I would totally do. I would play my middle finger like that. Now I'm on my middle finger. Now, if I was to slide down, that means I've got to play something where maybe I'm going from this seven to this five on my middle finger, which would feel awkward to me. Right. So if it's I knew a stretch. I go that direction, I wouldn't go to my middle finger. My third finger would drop into place and comfortably push me into the next motion that I'm going to make. Got it. So are you thinking about the lick that's coming up as you, like, how did you know to slide on that finger? I don't, but I do know if I go to my middle finger, that's not where I'm going to go. Got it. You see, if I go to my middle finger there, it's going to push me into something else where I go some other direction. I see. So the starting, so where you land at the end of that phrase dictates what's coming up next. Absolutely. At least in direction. Maybe not a, a, a specific element, a specific lick or something. Maybe not that. But you have to understand that a lot of people don't think about that. Like, they don't realize that a lot of those things are either benefiting you because there's a, th this is the natural mm. motion that you make across the fretboard. That's what's really happening. You know, when we practice scales, you know, we, we get a book or whatever. And, and again, it's not like I haven't taught this a billion times because I have. But let's say you're learning that first position. And now what you've trained yourself to do is play one, four, one, three, one, three, one, three, one, four, one, four, which is great. But that doesn't mean that every time I play a lick, I'm going to be playing four and one. I very right. much be, might be playing one and three because I am exactly what I'm talking about right now. You see, I might lead into something else because I'm using a different fingering. 
Right. So even though I practice my positions with a metronome and things like that with a particular fingering, when I'm actually playing, those aren't the fingers that I'm going to necessarily use. And this can be confusing to players because they go, well, aren't you supposed to play these fingers? Like, like the worst one for me is the, the second position, if you know that. Like the way I learned how to play it was because it's four fingers for four frets, I would play middle and pinky on eight and ten, which is evil already to begin with. Like there's <laughs> no time in my life that I would want to be on my middle and my pinky. Yes. And then the next one would be one four, one four, one three, two four, two four. Can you imagine playing this upper box with your middle and pinky? Like who would do that? You know, Nobody. I would want to be on these fingers. You see? So I can do all the things that I like to do. So if I was going to move into that position, you know, I might slide up in my third finger, but then I'm going to switch over to my first finger, not my middle finger, which is the logical one to use there if you were thinking that way. Because that's not comfortable. So again, there's that thing I'm talking about where I'm making a conscious effort to switch my fingers to prepare me for something else. So the point of this is, is I want you to start thinking as you're moving this direction, this direction, or you're picking up and moving around, be aware that when you end something, the finger that you end on is going to dictate what comes next, or the finger that you slide on is going to dictate what comes next. It won't always work, but the more you become aware of that when you play, the more you can fix a lot of the problems, because you might practice the daylights out of three or four guitar licks that you really, really like. But then when you try and actually jam with them, you can't figure out how to connect them together. You can't connect across your fretboard, even though these licks sound great. So there's just four disconnected ideas on your guitar that you can't find a way of pulling them together. Sure. This is what you have to start thinking about is the way that you move across the guitar. Dude, I love it. Yeah. So guys, listen, if you've enjoyed this, um, Steve's new Blues Licks course called Blues Licks by Steve Stein is available at guitarzoom.com. It is already a smash hit. Lots of people have already signed up for that thing. Um, if you enjoy this, it's available there for you, the full-blown course. Steve, before we wrap up, can you just recap these three techniques that you just showed us? Absolutely. And again, they're pretty obvious, but the first one is understanding that if you really want to create breath in your playing, you physically stop playing. And what makes that nice is when you play... You are now free to go anywhere you want for some really dynamic playing. Because every time you, you play, you're stopping your breathing, gives the audience or the listener a chance to hear what you just did, and then you can follow that up with something that's dynamically different if you choose. Got it. So the first one is just you play, you stop, then you can move wherever you want. Yeah, the, the, the fretboard is free to go wherever it is that you want, okay? The second one is understanding that when you play, it doesn't matter which direction you're moving, but when you play something and you stop playing, okay? You, I should say, you, you land on, you rest on something. You can now decide, if you're going to keep that going, you can decide to go back the way you came or keep going the other direction, right? And again, it's not a difficult concept, but think about it when you play... Now, if I go back, see there, I went toward the ceiling or toward the floor, and then I went back toward the ceiling again. So that in and out motion is what keeps you from just playing 
the same direction all the time. Although you could make licks that do that too. Just become aware of that. It's just one more trick in your arsenal. So it's moving the opposite direction you just you just yeah, came from. It, it's, it's not just the licks you're playing. It's what's going on in between to connect things together. And the third one for me is the one that really makes a difference. Once you get to know your fretboard more is understanding when you shift, when you want to shift from one position to the next, the finger that you're shifting on really sets up what you're going to do. If I play this and I shift on my first finger, I have all this availability now with these fingers to do something that I want to do, right? If I shift down here and I'm on my third finger, I have, I shouldn't say I'm limited, but I have to really think about where I can go from here because I'm sitting on my third finger right now. So that would probably send me that direction. Where if I went here, that would send me into another place, you see, depending on which finger I wind up on. So being really cognizant of which finger you're sliding to or moving into another position, which finger you land on is going to help dictate what comes next. Right. These five licks might have happened if you moved on this finger. If you move on this finger, these three or four licks or four options might happen because now you're viewing it differently. Your hand is in a different position. I love it, man. Thank you so much. Dude, you're such an incredible teacher and player. Um, I'm really excited. Well, I'm excited to be working with you for however many years we've been together. It's been a great gift to uh, spend time with you. It's been a great gift for you to be here with us today. And also, thank you for creating this new course, Blues Licks. Um, people are interested in learning how to really play authentic blues solos. This will help you. It's available at guitarzoom.com. Thank you so much, Steve. Really appreciate it. Absolutely. Awesome. Thanks, everybody. And everybody take care, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye, guys. Thank you for being with us here. Next time on the Steve Stein Guitar Podcast, what I'm going to be doing is I'm going to be talking about five tips, five tips to, uh, to better help your acoustic guitar playing, okay? Now, some of these are going to be skills, and some of these are just going to be things I want you to really think about. Um, you know, the, the most important thing for me is that number one, you never give up and number two, you enjoy the journey. That's what this whole thing is about. Okay. So I'm going to be giving you five things to think about today and to practice and different stuff like that. Hey, Steve Stein here from guitarzoom.com. And thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, can I ask you a favor? Please subscribe, leave a review, and share it with a friend. Your feedback means more to me than you'll ever know. And be sure to check out my YouTube channels where you'll find over 1,000 videos to help you with your guitar playing. Thanks again for listening. Stay positive, keep playing, and keep having fun. If you'd like some help with your guitar playing but you're not sure how to get started, go to guitarzoom.com and look for the Help Me Choose survey. By answering a few simple questions, you'll get Steve's personal recommendation of the perfect course for you. All this and more is available for you at guitarzoom.com.